Hello, and welcome to the Ecstatic Rabbit Podcast, a space for esoteric exploration, heartfelt insight, and expansive curiosity. I'm your host and the founder of Ecstatic Rabbit Tarot and Coaching, Sarah Corvin Wolf. And today we have our first topics episode. This will be a series where I chat about stuff that I'm interested in right now, stuff I think you might be interested in right now, and it'll be separate. Uh, from my interview series, even though some of the subjects will certainly overlap. And today our topic is everyday magic. Not the class I'm teaching, although I will explain why that's the name that I chose for that class. It's a term I've grown really fond of lately. Um, I think it is sort of coursing through the collective. Um, I've heard two other of my favorite podcasts touch on it briefly or in a full episode even. And I think that it really resonates with this moment as we approach the anniversary of a very widespread lockdown. I know that when that moment came to me in mid-March and I was still in grad school, but my classes had gone online like so many of us, um, I turned back to my spiritual practice in a really big way. I think it's partly because I was in my home I had some extra time and I needed the reinforcement. And also I'm all about altars. I'm all about like anything can be an altar. So my desk became an altar. My bedside table became even more of an altar than it already was. I even carved out space to have an actual altar, which I kind of hadn't gotten the chance to do all year. My kitchen became an altar. My shower became an altar. All of these spaces developed what I would refer to as a sort of daily sacred presence, right? We work with them in our space, move around them throughout the course of our day as a sort of passive reminder of devotion. Then, once I finished up grad school, um, after a couple different location changes from Virginia to Massachusetts and now from Massachusetts to Canada after getting married, I have also found um, that my bandwidth for ritual, for like a structured, um, you know, new moon, night of, like lighting candles, burning incense, like all of that juicy, wonderful ritual stuff. Like I just don't, I just don't have time. I just don't have space. Um, I don't have the bandwidth emotionally, mentally to plan, to collect supplies. So what's been so useful is to find ways to integrate, <laughs> buzz buzz, to integrate spirituality, ritual, intentionality into my everyday life. Some of my favorite spaces for this are um, the sound of coffee pouring into my mug every morning. Um, also I do hair treatments at the new and full moon. And while this won't be a curls episode, um, many of you will know how much of a ritual and sort of, um, devotional practice I have with my hair. Um, and most recently kind of in accordance with that, but a little bit of its own entity, I've been working with this shower magic idea. Yeah. We all know about bath magic, right? Like soaking it in, going down the drain, whatever. But in the shower, when I'm in there in the morning, like haven't had my coffee yet, to be able to say, okay, with this shampoo, with this body wash, I'm rinsing away what I'm ready to release. And with this conditioner or with this hair product or like the almond oil that I put on at the end of every shower, I'm like locking in, I'm sealing in hydration and also 
any other good, juicy, magical or uh, spiritual or mental stuff that I want to carry with me through my day. And then, of course, there is kitchen magic. Um, This has taken on a huge role in my life. Um, I type in the kitchen, my day job, so I spend my mornings uh, working at our kitchen table in the kitchen, making coffee, quiet hours when it's just me awake. And there's, um, I've grown to have a really, really tight relationship with that sort of pseudo hearth, the modern hearth of the kitchen, the oven, the coffee maker. And this brings me to um, the deck that I mentioned in my last episode, this incredible new Oracle deck that I received. So Oracle decks, I I own a couple. Um, I really love the ones I own, but I've never quite figured out how to integrate them into my life, into my tarot practice. Um, It's always been sort of like running hot and cold, really into it at times and just forgetting that they're even there at others. Some of my favorite Oracle decks I've worked with um, up until this point have been the Mary Evans Vessel deck, which is gorgeous, um, the Materia Medica Oracle deck from Tender Heart Studios, which is all plant-based. But just recently, as some of you may know, I was shopping around for a new tarot deck, and I landed on the Wanderer's Tarot, which I'm getting to know and really enjoying. But even more, like, immediately exciting to me when I stumbled into the Wanderer's Tarot was Casey Zabala's other deck, the Weird Sisters Oracle. I mean, it really, like, it had my heart from the first glance. I just, I was totally smitten. From the day this deck landed in my life, landed in my lap, landed on my bedside table, it has had a powerful powerful influence on me. When we come back, I'm so excited to share a little with you about the structure of this deck and how I've been integrating it to reinforce and bolster my uh, everyday magic practice. So the Weird Sisters Oracle by Casey Zabala, it features 59 cards, 60 if you count the zero card, which we should, and um, they are split into a variety of categories. There are three large categories, which are spells, candles, and sigils. And then there is a less specific category that seems to be a variety of different sort of witchcraft tools. Then we have a moon and sun pairing. And finally, we have the three weird sisters who correspond with um, figures you might know as the fates, which are the spinner, the weaver, and the one who cuts the cord. So how have I been using this deck? Truly, I just pull a card throughout the day. Like there have been days when I've pulled five different cards. I pull a card before I brush my teeth. I pull a card before I make my coffee. I pull a card before I go to bed. I pull a card before I go for a walk. And what this does is it really gives me a focal point for my intention. Because let's be real, like it can be hard to remember to bring intention when you stir your coffee. It can be hard to remember to build a ritual out of your shower, even if it's easy. 
It may be easy to do, but it's not always easy to remember that it's a tool you have at your disposal, that you have this resource of intention available all the time. So this deck, these cards, they provide that focusing point. They provide a focusing point where I can say, okay, this shower is going to be a bonfire in which I celebrate. I'm like, I don't have to take that literally. I don't have to know what that means, but it's going to be present. When my witchcraft journey had first started, I remember um, just feeling the draw to such ornate and planned and designed rituals, taking an entire evening, collecting my materials and getting my flowers and the candles and all of this stuff. And like, amazing. I just did that actually the other night for the first time in a really long time. And it felt great. But that's not always going to be feasible, whether it's about resources of time, money, energy, or even having a safe space in which to perform that ritual, in which to move through that ceremony. But that doesn't need to be a barrier to getting in touch with our magic if we want to. So if you are exploring witchcraft, tarot, um, any new practice, spirituality, meditation even, if it starts to feel like more of a burden than an opportunity, maybe slow down. Maybe reconsider. Just check back in, recalibrate, return to what drew you to this practice in the first place. And remember that you don't need the ornate to have power in your practice. And this brings me to why I named my minor arcana class Everyday Magic. So if we think about this dichotomy between big, massive, gorgeous, fancy ritual And let's use this shower ritual as an example, this little intentional shower energy. I think that the major arcana are that big fancy ritual, right? We've got the high priestess, like we've got these celestial bodies, like they're glamorous, they're ornate. There's this sort of spiritual, um, almost celebrity to them. They're the more ubiquitous cards. They're more recognized throughout pop culture. Meanwhile, the minor arcana... They're more low-key. They're more about our everyday life. They are more grounded in a non, a less, how do I say this? Like a less spiritual reality. They are, I like to say a lot, especially the pentacles, they're about what you wake up to, what you go to sleep to. And part of why I got so interested in the minors was because they were resonating so much during the lockdown. Like for the last almost year now, those minors have been far more potent, powerful, vivid, and clear in my readings when they pop up than any other cards, including the court cards, including the majors. So like all that theory is well and good, but at this point um, in the episode, I really want to share and revisit some of the ways that I practice this everyday, daily magic intentionality thing. 
And hopefully uh, one, two, or several of these will resonate with you and maybe be something that you can try, or maybe it'll just spark your imagination to find your own path forward in this exploration. Of course, I've mentioned coffee like a million times during this episode. That's a big one for me. I actually just realized recently that (laughs) um, one of the silver linings of my coffee addiction is that it means I wake up every morning with a little extra time. I'm never right out of bed and right to like starting my day. I need that space, whether it's in days of yore, um, you know, running to the coffee shop on my way to the subway or whether it is as things are now, making my coffee, getting it going, hopping in the shower, coming back, drinking a cup and getting to work. Bath magic, definitely another powerful one, but also not everyone's bathtub is great for baths. When I was in New York, I think I took a bath once and I kind of still regret putting my entire body into that tub. So again, this brings us to shower magic. Um, Any sort of space that can feel carved out um, can be such a powerful opportunity. Again, an opportunity rather than a burden to take advantage of that feeling. Like your car could be a space like that. I know that my car, when I had one, um, was a very sacred space for me. It felt like a haven. It felt like a shelter. It helped me transport and transform and carried me from loved places and through my favorite uh, landscapes. Plus, like what do the car and the shower have in common? Great places to sing like nobody's listening. Um, So I think that that freedom, that sort of permission that these carved out spaces can give us are really, really important. I mentioned cooking before. Um, If you like cooking, I highly recommend getting some information on the um, healing and magical, although really they're all the same, properties of different spices and herbs. Like what are your favorite flavors and then research what they do, how herbalists approach them. This has been massive for me to sort of understand other possible reasons that my body might be craving a particular flavor beyond just its tastiness. I also find personally that cooking gives me a really amazing space to find balance between my sort of um, high-octane, driven, productive impulses along with my like, okay, slow it down and be focused medicine. I also mentioned before how much I love altars. I think it's because they do carve out that kind of space like I was talking about before, but it's a very sort of passive like energy source for me. Um... And an altar doesn't necessarily have to look like hashtag altars of Instagram. It could honestly just be like a crystal or a candle at your bedside. Um, Maybe you find your favorite alarm clock ever. Uh, Maybe it's the background on your phone. Like I'm all about finding devotional practice in your lock screen and your home screen. I love that. Um, And I think that this can be great for folks who are into interior design, um, which then carries us to like wardrobe. Like it can be devotional practice to put on a texture that brings you pleasure, to put on your favorite pair of pants um, or like underwear, like your favorite um, underpinnings to hold close to your skin, to be so close to your body as you move through your day. And finally, 
moving your body. Um, whether you have like a regular movement routine, a workout or something else or not, I think that bringing attention, intention and love to moving your body is extremely, extremely powerful. Maybe that's walking down your block or choosing the block that you walk down with intention um, based on what you want to see that day. I know that I've started um, spending a little bit of time right after I wake up just sitting in bed to help my spine get used to being vertical. And this is not only going to help my physical health, but it's also helping my spiritual transition from a sleep space to a waking space. And like dance parties, y'all. I don't know what's more spiritual than a dance party. And maybe that's not going to be a daily occurrence. (laughs) Maybe that won't be part of the like everyday magic. But it is one of those things that may not look like witchcraft, (laughs) but that totally can be if that's what you choose to do with it. So, okay, yet again, could go on forever. um, But I think I'm going to call it a day here. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope that this series has legs. If there are topics that you'd like to hear about in the future, please let me know. I would love to respond directly to your interests. And if you have an everyday magic or a daily magic practice that you want to share with the world, make sure to let me know on Instagram in comments on the post for this episode, whatever it might be, or just send me an email. I want to hear about it. I want to know about y'all. Otherwise, I will see you in about a week for our next full moon card pull. Until then. Bye.